Hey, everybody. Welcome to the Three Gun Show podcast. I'm your host, Dave Hartman, and we're back. That's right. Three Gun Show's back, everybody. And uh, thank you for continuing to subscribe. Super excited to be here, and I'm, I'm happy that you're listening. Uh, the episode that you're about to hear was recorded at the Wyoming Governor's Match, and uh, I want to thank the good people at Vortex Optics for making that match happen for me. A uh, friend of the show is on, and that is our boy, Adam Riser. And uh, we go over the top four dumbest things that we've done in Three Gun, which I thought this was a fun topic and a, a good one to start the show up with again. Uh, this November will be the 10th anniversary of the first time that I shot Three Gun. So it's definitely time to take stock and evaluate how things have been going and uh, how I'd like to uh, how I'd like them to go in the future. So before we get started on the discussion with Adam, I want to invite you to subscribe to the Three Gun Show's YouTube channel. I've been putting a lot of effort um, on the Three Gun Show YouTube channel into creating like fun and informative videos with a little bit of humor, trying to show a little personality in there and make you laugh along the way, make them entertaining. Um, we've done some videos like building tools for the range. Uh, we built a uh, receiver hitch vice stand, which has been uh, super helpful in, in doing experiments at the range. Um, we did one on breaking in a barrel, and uh, I'm in the process of doing a four-part series on the Wyoming Governor's Match. So I've got the first two down. Uh, if you're listening to this in the future, they'll all be there in a nice little playlist. So that four-part series covers like walking stages and all three days of the shooting action as well. So it's kind of fun. I had a really great squad, and uh, um, I got a lot of footage of those guys shooting too, so you'll definitely enjoy that one. Um, it's not all just me. It's not all about me. It's about you, kids. Um, for, so, okay, so for for why, why YouTube? Why, why now? So for your listeners of the show, um, like yourself, have been asking for a video component to go, go along with the podcast, and uh, I've done several like video podcasts, and then we recorded like some Skype interviews and everything, and uh, that's all well and cool and everything. Um, but I much more prefer to make like unique content for uh, YouTube and uh, we're making it happen now. So this has been a lot of fun. So please take a moment, head over to YouTube and subscribe to the three gun shows channel. Uh, Just search for three gun show. And if you have any suggestions for future videos or future podcasts, just leave a comment on one of the videos or on one of the podcast posts at three gun show.com. And if it's a good topic, we'll definitely make it happen. So now enjoy the top four dumbest things that we've done in three gun with our buddy, Adam riser, Adam, welcome back to the podcast, buddy. Thanks, man. It's like to be back, dude. It's, it's great to have you back. Uh, we're, uh, we're getting the, uh, the steam engine running again. Hell yeah. Have you ever seen a locomotive? Uh, yeah. So a locomotive when it's running can like tumble over anything, right? Sure. It's got all that inertia takes a little to start it takes a little to start it right? right so we had a little pause i feel like you're putting a lot of weight on my shoulders right now dave no this is all on me buddy all right i'm just uh, <laughs> uh <laughs> this is just a little bts a little behind the scenes for the people fair enough so uh took a little pause from the from uh the show from creating content uh joined the working world how was that uh you know <laughs> <laughs> you know the answer to that i one. know the answer to that question i just yeah. wanted to hear that laugh uh <laughs> Uh, it did not work out. I didn't like it that much, and uh, seems like the feeling was mutual. So, um, yeah, we're back doing the podcast. Awesome. So, for all the people that have been missing the podcast, don't worry, we're back. And uh, 
I apologize that there's been a, a big pause, but uh, your buddy Dave's back and uh, brought brought Adam with me. I'm I'm psyched that you're back, man. It's gonna. I've had way too many long road trips to matches without good podcasts to listen to. So, well, dude, I appreciate that, and that's that's uh, that's great to hear. And it's it's a couple. Uh, well, I've heard a, that feedback from a couple people at the match here. Like, you know, I'm, I'm missing the podcast. Uh, driving here, I had to listen to an old podcast or something like that. And uh, I thought, like, wow, there still is a place for the podcast. Because what I've been doing lately is uh, YouTube videos. And I've been enjoying that because it's like a whole new thing, right? And uh, it's a new medium. It's something else to learn. Um, it's a new, like, nut to crack as far as, like, the uh, – um, uh, algorithms and what people want to watch and what keeps people hooked and stuff like that. And there's all kinds of st- statistics on the back end that are not on podcasts. And so um, I think we're going to have to do both. Yeah. Have to do the, the short bite-sized YouTube stuff uh, that you have to actually look and, and watch. And then uh, for the commuters or the dog walkers or gym goers and stuff like that, we got to keep the podcast going. Oh, definitely. Yeah. Well, it's, it's such a different thing. Like, if you're watching a YouTube video, you're pretty much pot committed to sitting there yes. focusing on the video where the podcast is really easy to like, like you said, driving the car, walking the dog, doing whatever. Yeah. Yeah. Dude, you know what I discovered? Um, so my, uh, I got a television during, uh, uh, the COVID crisis, mm-hmm. uh, the pandemic, if you will. <laughs> and, and, uh, it has a YouTube function on it. Yeah. It's not weird. Yeah, so <laughs> I press the YouTube button, and it's like, well, sign in. I'm like, okay, so sign in. And then it shows shows me, like, all the things that, you know, the uh, normal YouTube account I like. Mm-hmm. So I'm watching on a 55-inch flat screen YouTube. Yeah. It's the craziest thing. And I got hooked on, like, car shows and stuff because I'm, like, in the cars and everything. But um, I realized, like, this is true reality television. Mm-hmm. Whereas like the old stuff with uh, Discovery Channel and like American Chopper, American Hot Rods oh, and stuff like that. God, I cannot watch that kind of stuff. Well, because they have manufactured drama, um, drama, right? Yeah. But you're watching real people do shit, and some of it's manufactured, and I avoid that stuff. And then the people that are genuine, you can tell, and uh, that's the stuff I like, and that's the stuff I watch. And I thought, like, wow, this is really a weird time to be living in, <laughs> where yeah, just like some dude with his uh, with his iPhone or with his GoPro in Florida is making like really cool stuff that I will sit and watch for 15 minutes at a time, and if I like it, I'll watch another one. Yeah, yeah, it's pretty cool. So anyway, I wanna I would like the Three Gun Show to be a part of that thing because I know. That's a whole different audience of people than mm-hmm. are listening to the podcast. So that's what we're doing with the uh, Three Gun Show. We're on the YouTube. So if you're listening to this and you haven't subscribed, I know Adam subscribes. Oh yeah, but subscribe to the YouTube channel. It's just Three Gun Show, just like the podcast. You'll be able to listen to the podcast there if you want, or um, um, which is what I've traditionally done is just put the podcast there, uh, or you'll be able to see the new videos I'm uh, producing as well. We got the world's best tech tip coming out. Yeah, we got the world's best mm-hmm. tech tip. Van tour. We got a van tour of uh, Mr. Adam Reiser's uh, van, which is phenomenal. It's his, uh, his match van, if you will. Yep. Or not, which you'll find out in the video. But, uh, yeah, so we've done some uh, good video when we're here. I've got, you know, video of stages, talking uh, through walkthroughs and stuff like that. So we've got some fun stuff coming up. Right on. Yeah. Looking forward to seeing that comes out. And then you and I have got to shoot together for the first time I ever know, this I weekend. I can't believe we've nev- never squatted together. We've shot a lot yeah. of the same matches, and we've just shot been a lot, of the, lot places, of the same matches. But we somehow have never ended up yeah. in the same squad. Well, which is weird, because when you when you asked, or so, 
I got in late, and so I wasn't even on a squad. And Pete uh, Pete Renzing threw us on a squad. We're at the uh, Magpul Wyoming th- uh, Governor's Cup. Governor's match uh, presented by Vortex Optics in Casper, Wyoming mm-hmm. for 2021. <laughs> 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 but anyway, uh, so I got in uh, late because it was kind of a last minute thing, and uh, so. Um, when Pete was putting me on a squad, you were there signing in as well. And, uh, I was like, well, just don't put me on forest squad. <laughs> and, and he's like, uh, well, how about risers? I'm like, yeah, I like riser. Let's put up, put me on riser squad. So then, uh, that when we, that was when we realized it was the first time. And that blows my mind because we've hung out so many times at matches. Yeah. We've done this podcast so many times. Yeah. And you know what I realized is I've always felt like, man, Adam, just gets it. Like I get along really well with Adam, and then we just figured it out after lunch here. We are born in the same month. Yeah, we're like, both pu- like we're a both couple Pisces. days apart. Well, I was going to lead up to that. <laughs> we're both Pisces, <laughs> but Adam is much much older than me. Drastically so. Drastically older than me. Yeah. Uh, yeah. So Adam turns out two days older than me. We're born two days apart. As young bucks. So we have like the same like generational references, right? Mm-hmm. So I think that's why we get along. I think it works good. Yeah. yeah. Works out Fantastic. pretty well. Anyway, there we go. There's yeah. your intro, everybody. <laughs> <laughs> Adam Riser, everybody. Check. Yep. So we we uh um we decided to do this podcast in person because uh we um have been trying and i've failed to do this for a long time you came to me with a topic uh this is over a year ago now mm-hmm. and you're like dave I got well let's face it the last year has been a little effed so yeah it's reasonable well, to not do this for a year i gotta say um while i do feel bad for you know the uh the the pause in the show and stuff like that and for um you know letting people down on their content and stuff like that a lot of stuff happened in my personal life a lot of stuff happened in the world with uh, the uh, the COVID thing and the government overreach and all that stuff. So we've all been dealing with a lot of shit. Yeah. But I wish I could have been there for you while you all were dealing with that. So please accept my apology, and we're back. <laughs> <laughs> but anyway, so you brought, you brought this topic to me, and I thought, like, that is absolutely brilliant because this can help a lot of people. So our topic today is the dumbest things. That we've done in Three Gun. I'm looking forward to this one. And now, is is this a dumbest thing we did when we started Three Gun, or is this like a just a dumbest altogether? Like, <laughs> the, where did you get this the, idea from? The idea was, um, so I I do I do kind of like post season analysis of like how my season went and what I and I love so, those by the way. Yeah, sort of like the what I did well, what I did wrong, sort of deal. Um, but like personally, like not just the videos, but like I do that with myself. I'll watch all my match footage. I'll look at my standings. I'll look at what I'd shot the year before, and I'll actually like make notes on, um, you know, what what do I need to work on? What did I do good? What mistakes did I make? How do I keep from making that mistake again? And so I I essentially for twenty twenty. Um, one of the things I did is I went all the way back to the beginning, like the very first videos of me shooting anything and watched all of them to kind of like see the progression and see how things changed and see mistakes that I had remade and stuff like that. It was like a day worth of YouTube binging and I was sick one day. And, um, and I started making lists of like, oh, this was a good thing. This is a good step. That was really dumb. And I ended up with like a list of the smartest things that I had done and a list of the dumbest things that I had done. And I was like, this is, would be a fantastic episode. Crazy. Yeah. I already thought of another dumb thing I've done. Fantastic. My <laughs> list just keeps getting longer. <laughs> Your list keeps getting longer. 
Dave told me before the show that we need to drop it down to three, and I was like, that's going to be hard. He's like, I just have three. And I now have five. He now has five. So Dave started. I grew, I grew another two. List might get a little bit longer. Uh, yeah, I might have to add one to mine. We'll see how this goes. Okay. Well, if you got four, we can do four. Fair enough. Fair enough. We, right. we can do four. Three always works better in titles, but we can do four. Yeah, yeah. Well, is it? Is yeah, I guess four just is is a weird number for that because it's always the top three or top, top five, three, top five. Yep, yeah, yep. exactly. <laughs> top five dumbest things I've ever done, or top three, or whatever the heck. Yeah, exactly. Well, so for for me, um, narrowing it down was difficult, and then uh, when you were like, uh, um, yeah, let's uh, let's go ahead and uh, uh, do the list. We'll each do our three, and then we can do the three best things we've done. I'm like, oh, dude. I'm going to need more time. <laughs> I don't have three good things. So. Yeah. Yeah. It got limited down to just the dumb things. Yep. Pretty All much. Right. So so we're now doing four now? Yeah, we can do four. Okay. Yeah. All right. Sure. Four. I have, Unless I, have a, I think of something else dumb I've done. I have a short fourth one, so it's, it's perfect. Okay. Mm-hmm. Well, okay. So uh, guests go first. Uh, let's kick it off. Mr. Riser, what do you got? All right. So for my fourth dumbest thing that I have done. That <laughs> oh, would, shit. We were supposed to put these in order? Well, I mean, mine are in order. Oh. Can, they can be in whatever order, but my, <sighs> right. mine, are, mine are in order, fourth to fourth to first here. Okay. So we got to build that. up, right? Come on. No problem. Come on. Number four. Anyways, number four, um, carrying all of the bonus dummies at MGM Iron Man. <laughs> <laughs> so for those of you who have not shot MGM Iron Man, um, which doesn't happen anymore, sadly, um, there yeah, are so the last one was 2013. So there's gotta be a lot of people that haven't. Shot no, 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 no. The last one would have been, um, 2016. Oh, six. Cause that was, yeah. Cause I, 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 I broke the top 10, which is rad because so the, the way they would do MGM Iron Man was they would, it would actually be two matches on back to back weekends. And the first match would be called the Oholt match. And it was like open limited, uh, open limited trooper was, yeah. was the first match open and limited heavy trooper. And so, if you're in those four divisions, wait, you wait. shot open, limited, heavy. Wasn't it optics and trooper? Wasn't that all hot? Uh, all hot, but TAC was the second weekend. Oh, so so no. if you shot okay. the first weekend, it was the open, the limited, the heavy, and the trooper guys shot okay. that weekend, and then the second weekend, everybody in the match was shooting TAC. So there'd be like 400 people in the match, and everyone was in the same division. And it was amazing, dude. And so that was one of those spots where you're like. Yeah, I got tenth. Oh, out of what? Out of everybody. Like it was, it was awesome, awesome to Crazy. break the top ten there. So that was 2016, and that was the last year of the match. But um, so those, you know, big super physical stages, um, you know, winning stage times that were like 250 seconds, <laughs> things like that. And um, so for one of the stages, there was always a stage where you'd shoot a t- trench. And then you'd run across the road into another bay, like not a bay to bay, but from like a hundred yards away into another bay. And then you would do a bunch of pistol or something in that bay. And then you'd run around to another bay and then shoot a third gun. And when you were transitioning from the second bay to the third bay, there would always be bonus dummies there. And so they had a, a, a light dummy. The The light dummy for the for that match was uh, actually a backpack with a giant um, monkey. And like a huge <laughs> stuffed monkey that was like almost as big as me. And you had to wear that for the whole thing if you wanted like the 10-second bonus for that. And then there was a 30-second bonus for carrying a 40-pound um, or 45-pound like duffel bag full of sand, like a CrossFit type duffel bag and then there was a 60 second bonus for carrying a 90 pound duffel bag full of sand the only way to like do well on this stage was to carry 
all of the of dummies. Of course, because they're so, only bonuses until someone does exactly. it. Exactly. They're only bonuses until someone does it, and then they're mandatory. So a <laughs> little quick math here. 90-pound dummy, 45-pound dummy. I weigh 135 pounds, right. so the bonus targets weighed this, or the bonus dummies weighed the same as me. And you had to put w- the 90-pound one on your shoulder, and then balance it there, and then pick up the 45-pound one with your two hands, carry it to the next bay, and then put them both on the roof of the shoot house. Oh, jeez! And I, uh, so th- you could kind of like pre-stage the dummy, like somebody would help you do it. And there's usually like a fold in the middle where you could like get it on your shoulder. Mm-hmm. Whoever pre-staged my dummy basically made it round and I couldn't balance it. And so I had to like do a little jump jolt to make a little dent. Oh, and when no. I did that, I felt my whole back just go. Oh, no. And I literally, I, I got home from that match and I did not get out of bed for three days. You're kidding. No, not at all. Like, get, I, like called could, sick to work could and stuff? Barely, yeah, called in sick to work, could barely get to the bathroom, like literally laid in bed for three days watching YouTube. That's crazy. Yeah. <laughs> it was bad. It was not, <laughs> not sweet. That's messed up. But I broke the top 10. Honestly, I would not have done it again. Dude, I, would, I would I would have taken 20th. Dude, you were 36 and you're doing stupid shit. You're supposed to know better than that by dad. I'm trying to figure it out, Dave. We're working through it. <laughs> Same Z's. All right. So that was my number four. Crazy. Dumbest thing. Well, okay. So my, my number four dumbest thing was not, apparently not nearly as dumb as that, but it lasted <laughs> much longer than that. And it was um, not uh, not listening to someone who explained precision ammo to me. Uh, so for uh, the rifle, the difference between you know fifty five grain and um, some sixty nines or seventy sevens or whatever, seventy seven, seventy fives. You know something that is like a precision round. You know, match ammunition guaranteed to be sub minute kind of thing. And uh, for me, I was like, well. I'm not good enough to shoot match ammo, and that stuff is so expensive. So, um, and this stuff shoots fine, you know. And at the time, I was shooting limited. I was like, so, mm-hmm. you know, this makes you know, uh, uh, I don't know, this makes a, a pretty close group at whatever I was shooting. And then every anytime I go out with my buddies and go plinking in the woods, you know, I can always hit that steel, you know, yep. that kind of thing. And so. I guess uh, there's kind of a, a lot of things going on there of not really understanding like the technical uh, requirements of three gun, but I would say that uh, not using precision ammo. And then if I can do a, a bonus on that one would be switching 55 grain and not realizing that different loads of 55 grain are different yeah. and mm-hmm. have completely different velocities, different, imp- different, imp- or, yeah, different points of uh, impact. Um, based on your point of aim and like i remember going to a match and i had like a box of freedom and a box of wolf and a box of oh Federal. so you just had like the grab bag of whatever yeah. oh well, whatever i could find <laughs> like if i go to walmart like oh they got white box this time like i'll buy some winchester white box you know that kind of thing and nice you know i was smart enough not to put it in the same bag but mm-hmm. does it matter if it's coming from yeah. different boxes so, um, did you at least shoot all of one type until you got to another and yes. then just draw the line? Okay. But I did not reserve because in my mind yeah, it yeah. was like, this is 55 This grain. is 55. This is M193. Stuff. It says on the box, M193. It's made to mil spec. <laughs> <laughs> right? My, my favorite say, it's, this is mil spec. It's yeah. good. But you know, like, uh, that should be a thing. Cause again, like at the yeah. time I worked at Lockheed Martin. So to me, like military specifications was a very specific thing. It was a very specific thing, but I didn't realize the variance uh, in Mm -hmm. uh, uh, ammunition. Like, even one manufacturer to the other, their projectiles 
uh, may have like different amount of lead versus brass or excuse me, not brass copper. Um, they may even use different powders and stuff like that. Different primers act differently. Oh, almost. I didn't know all powders. that. Yeah. I had no clue. To me, it said M193. This is a mil spec. It's made to the mil spec. Good to go. <laughs> that is not true, kids. No, it's that not. That is not true. Not so, at all. Not yeah, at all. That was, my, that was my number four. That's a pretty reasonable one. Yeah. All right. Fair yeah. enough. All right. Well, so what's your number three? <clears throat> all right. Number three is uh, I learned the tricks of the trade before I learned the trade. Okay. Yeah. You have so, to elaborate on that one. So I learned how to quad load and do gun transitions and do all of the stuff that looks really good on YouTube mm. before I really learned how to shoot. So oh. what that made me was a really fast, terrible shooter. And Oh, my God. Craig Outson told me this story. Did he? <laughs> or maybe it was you, where he stopped you at a, at a class. He's like, slow down. Uh, I did take a class with Craig and yeah, he, yeah, he, he so he's like, this guy's going so fast, but yeah, he's hitting nothing. No, he, yeah. So he, <laughs> he, he pulled me aside after like a little practice stage thing and grabbed me by the shoulders and Craig's like a foot taller than me. And he's Craig's like two of me. Craig's basically. a foot taller than me. Yeah. He's, he's basically two of me yeah. in like every dimension. <laughs> and, and he basically like grabbed me by the shoulders and like, like looked down on me and he's like, look. You are twice as fast as anybody here. You should never lose to them. If you shot half as fast, but just hit what you were shooting at, you would be significantly better. <laughs> and but so what? What it did is learning the tricks of the trade before the trade. And, and when I say that, what I mean is I learn how to do all of the cool guy stuff before I learn how to just like properly grip the pistol and execute uh, a trigger press okay. or holdovers for rifle or what like the 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 basics of shooting essentially and so what that did is fundamentals it, it, the, yeah the fundamentals so yeah. but i say i say basics because uh when people think of like not just the fundamentals but like what is the first thing you need to learn how to do like i didn't really even like i knew where to put my hands like it looked right but I wasn't holding on to it correctly and putting pressure in the right places, things along those lines, right? And because I was good at all of the like the go fast stuff, it made me just good enough to beat people at a local level and it really hid all of my deficiencies mm. until I like started going to major matches and then I was like, Oh, well, I can do all the things really fast, but I'm still losing by thirty percent. What the heck's going on here? And so um it 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 really slowed down my my long term learning process because it, there was a couple seasons of thinking that I was way better than I was because I was really quick and my stage times were good. Um, and where if I had built from that yeah. base of really good proper technique and started from there um, before I learned things like gun transitions and you know all the stuff that like looks cool, then it, I think it would have gotten me to where I am much faster than it did. So learning things backwards was a, uh, um, it was the, the uh, instant gratification version yeah. where it's like yeah it pays off in the short term but in the long term you got to like go back and unlearn things. Nice. Uh, so one of the things you said there, um, you know, where you said you were doing good at local matches and then you get crushing majors. Mm -hmm. uh, that reminds me of like a lot. A thing I see a lot is people think they're a big fish, but just turns out they're in a small pond. Yeah, and I see that a lot. There's quite a bit of that yeah there's a lot of that on instagram it's like <laughs> i can tell this is a club match bro yeah and uh yeah <laughs> yep uh so i'm gonna um reorder mine and um uh, use a 
use one that you had there. So uh, you talked about uh, learning the fundamentals and stuff. I'm going to say that uh, for me, it was not caring enough about um, dry fire slash dedicated training. Mm-hmm. Um, so I'm just going to say training, not putting enough emphasis on a dedicated training plan. So where I would go to the range and I would air quote practice uh, and make noise and stuff like that. And I would do drills and I would run um, uh, like USPSA classifiers and stuff, but I never had like a training plan mm-hmm. of where I wanted to go with anything. Um, and so you, so you and never, I got there. Yeah. That's what I'm saying. It's like, I had no, I had no plan on where I was going to go yep. and I got there. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so <laughs> I understand. No, I, I see a lot of that and there's, there's, um, I think that one of the things that I see the most from people who do practice and do train is exactly that, that they're, they're practicing, they're training, they're doing the things, they're shooting the ammo. Um, but it's that analysis of uh, what parts of my game are lacking. And when I put in time and effort, where should I put that time and effort to, to help my game? Yeah. You know, and so I, um, um, you'll see a ton of that with if a uh if a match has like some really weird prop oh like, yeah they're like the popper with the thrown clay for a pistol is the classic yep. thing people will practice that for six months i'm like just practice shooting and then when the thing pops up just execute good shooting yep. but people will practice that thing and then their movement will be terrible their position entries will be terrible the reloads will be off like all that other stuff falls along the wayside for this one shot on one stage in an entire match, which this really doesn't matter in the grand scheme of things. One simple trick. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, with this one simple trick. <laughs> click here to find out. <laughs> ROs hate this one simple <laughs> trick. <laughs> no, that's a really good point. The uh, But uh, practicing fundamentals is not sexy on Instagram. No, no. So, uh, but practicing shooting a clay flying in the air is. Mm-hmm. And I almost wonder if, like, sometimes that's, uh, like, uh, you know, mental warfare on the account of a match director saying, oh, you better practice this. It's going to be the match. Well, I I feel like, um, like, look at Lanny Barnes is a perfect example yeah. of this, where l- her Instagram page is her shooting all of these crazy trick shots. Yeah. Right? But... I guarantee you there are hours and hours and hours of her just shooting fundamentals drills mm-hmm. that allow her to be good enough to do that stuff. You know, I've thought about that a lot, and uh, I bet, there, like you said, there's there's training, and then it's like, ah, crap, I need to get something for Instagram. Yeah. Get out the unicycle. Yeah, get out the <laughs> unicycle. Get out the beach ball. I got to say, most of those I watch, I'm like, oh, that doesn't look too bad. Every time she stands up on the ball, I'm just like – I, I, there's no way I could stand up on a ball and shoot a plate rack with a shotgun without going straight to the hospital. <laughs> <laughs> like z- zero chance. Zero chance. Yeah. I, uh, I have no desire to be on a unicycle either. I can't, ri- I can't like, ride a unicycle geez. to save my life. Yeah. I've never tried and I have no desire to. Yeah. It's, it's really hard. I'm sure shooting from one is even harder. I know. A bike is good enough for me. Yeah. That'll do. Yep. That's what we used in the hood. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Uh, okay, so uh, what's your number one then? Uh, well, we're on uh, two. We're on two? You oh, we decided count. four. Yeah. yeah, we decided four. So, so I'll give you my number three. My <coughs> All right, my, num- my number two. Uh, and I'm going to have to do a lot of clarification after I say this. Mm-hmm. My number two dumbest thing I ever did was I got sponsored. 
Oh, really? Yeah. Bold move, Cotton. Bold move, Cotton. Let's see how this works out yeah. for him. Let's see where this one goes. <laughs> <laughs> so, clarification. Forrest is in the background. He yeah. just gave the big thumbs up. He's yeah. like, oh, Adam's about to take his whole career. <laughs> so, the, the asterisk uh, behind this should be, I got sponsored when I got sponsored. So... I never wanted to be a sponsored shooter. I never wanted to have a jersey. I just wanted to shoot. I wanted to compete. Mm-hmm. I wanted to teach. Once I started teaching, I was like, this is amazing. I want to do this. So um, when I got my first sponsor, I was already uh, – I had a couple of major match wins in limited. I was already placing second and third in tack at major matches. I was already shooting very well. I was already – teaching classes at TPC. Um, I I had a, a pretty decent resume of stuff and it still never occurred to me to ask anybody to sponsor me because I didn't feel like I deserved it. Um, I also didn't want it. I didn't want to have a jersey. Mm-hmm. I didn't, it was something with my name on it. I wanted to kind of be the gray man and be the dude who was in like in the, the gray t-shirt. man is cool. Yeah, like be the dude in the t-shirt on the podium. And they're like, who the heck is that guy? Like I wanted to be that guy. And... Um, the way that I ended up with my first sponsorship was totally an accident. And it was the same season that I, um, broke the top 10 at heart at, um, Ironman. And I got second place at hard as hell at like 98 point, whatever the heck percent to Brian Nelson a shot really well. And I pulled some vortex glass off the price table and I wanted to thank sponsors. So I sent an email to vortex and I said, Hey, I just wanted to say thanks for, you know, putting this piece of glass on the prize table. I pulled it. I'm going to use it a bunch. I still use it to this day. It's um, one of the um, recce, like, range-finding reticle um, monoculars. Those things are sweet. Yeah. And, um, yeah, and just, like, sent them an email that said, like, hey, thanks for supporting everything. Like, I shoot Vortex glass on all of my stuff. I had a a warranty claim way back in the day. I, I basically, I'd shipped a rifle in the, in a booth, or in a, shipping crate with a show booth like for shot show Mm -hmm. and when we unpacked the crate the scope wasn't round anymore oh and i I was like what the hell so i sent it to vortex and i had um it was a re it was rebuilt i have no idea how because there was like a mark on it that i recognized but it other than that mark it looked new and i think it took like seven days from the day that i put it in the mail the day i got a new scope and i was like i'm buying from these guys forever like th- that's it that's I'm, d- I'm done good so i already had like a razor on everything that went bang and i just sent him an email to say thank you and uh ruben sent me a response that was like hey we've been watching you for a couple of years we would like you to represent us nice and i i got on the phone and i like literally tried to talk him out of it i was like dude I'm I'm just some guy. <laughs> I also I already have a razor on everything that goes bang. I I have all of my stuff. I don't need anything. I really appreciate it. And he was like, "Well, you know, just why don't you get why don't you get a jersey and put a V on there and and you know, if you need anything, let us know." And like it was like that subtle. It was, and um and you know, that snowballed to where it is now, but so that was the end of 2016. So 2017 was my first year as a sponsored shooter, and it was the worst season I've ever had. Every match I went to, oh, the pressure. That, that the pressure of like being the dude, and you know, now I'm shooting for Vortex, I'm shooting for JP, I'm shooting for companies that, in my mind, these guys expect me to go win matches, and it crushed me, and I shot so poorly. That's the year where I went to pro am and went from third to eleventh on the very last stage on one single target, and just like tanked. 
Um, I shot, oh man, what else did I shoot? Uh, 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 I shot like seven or eight majors that year and just train wrecked every single last one of them. And then it wasn't until like the beginning of 2018 that I started just talking to other shooters that, you know, were high level sponsor guys and, um, you know, just talking about like how to deal with that pressure and stuff and, and talking to, you know, Ruben and Amax and, and, uh, you know, Dustin over at JP and it like they told me, but it took me a long time to realize like they don't really care if you win. Yeah. Like, yeah, if you if you place well or if you win, that's great and all. But like the, they sponsored me because of the things I was already doing. Mm-hmm. They didn't sponsor me because they want me to go win matches. They sponsored me because I'm teaching and because I loan all of my gear to people at matches and I do free clinics locally and all of this other stuff. And so it really took me a long time to 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 get that through my head and relax it. Like if if I go and don't win this match, like my sponsors aren't going to drop me. Like, <laughs> like they're on board. <laughs> like, it's not like NASCAR. Yeah, it's not like NASCAR. Like they're already good to go. And and now that you know, it's been a few years of that. I see enough of um, you know students from classes showing up to the next match with a Vortex scope on it, and then two matches later they have a JP rifle. And, you know, I've, I've seen enough of that and, um, you know, had people email me up and like, hey, I'm just ordering a such and such. Like, what trigger should I get? Should I get the silent capture springer? And, and to understand that not only do they like me just for the things that I'm already doing, but that I am, in fact, providing value to them and that them sponsoring me is, in fact, translating to, you know, selling stuff, which is what these companies need to do because they're businesses. Right. So it it took a couple of years to really understand that. But at the start, Jesus, it was not, it was not pretty. I had, I had some lonely nights in the van just being like, oh, my God, all my sponsors are going to drop me. I got 11th. I think that's very common. Like, I've, I've definitely heard that from several other uh, shooters. And, uh, yeah, it's a real thing. Like, when, when you only have yourself to disappoint, it's one thing. But when there's other people involved, yeah, that's when, uh, when stuff gets real. It's super tough. Yeah. yeah. So... Yeah, I'm I'm really happy that um you know I, I I managed to like work my way through that and like now I'm I'm very happy for for all the sponsorships that I have and it's 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 th- th- those guys have helped me immensely. Um and it wasn't it wasn't that I wasn't ready like as a shooter. I just wasn't like mentally ready for like that extra added pressure of like these guys expect me to perform, which I mean they don't they don't care. <laughs> like they, <laughs> they wouldn't sponsor me if I wasn't already doing fine. They want you to be nice. They want me to be nice. Yeah, just be a nice guy. Be well, a nice guy. Well, talk to people. Mm-hmm. Exactly. Gotcha. Yep. All right. So I'm going to go uh, with my number two here. And uh, this might surprise people. Not watching match footage. So dumbest thing you've done. Second dumbest thing you've done is not watching your match footage or other people's match footage. My match footage. Wait, so you don't watch any of your own match footage? I didn't for a long, long time. Okay. And uh, now I will watch, but not during a match. Interesting. Is this like this is kind of like a don't look at scores sort of thing? It's not. I don't no? think it's. I don't think it's that. Uh, uh, that superstitious. Mm-hmm. Um, I am absolutely my own worst critic. Okay. And uh, so going down that hole takes a lot. Of mm-hmm. uh, takes a lot to come out of it. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so, uh, so for a long time, I mean, 
I'm not gonna lie. Like if you've ever been on a on a squad with me, you know, like I'm getting footage of every every stage of shoot. Mm-hmm. But I had like a huge file on my computer of stuff I'd never ever watched. Mm-hmm. Uh, going back to like 2011, mm-hmm. you know, and um, I think uh, you know I would I would show some you know stuff I would put on on Instagram or whatever I would show that or Facebook or whatever. I would show some friends and stuff like that, and people would ask, "What's three gun?" I would show that, you know, I'd go find like a stage or something. Yeah, but you I never set that like one stage aside that looks super good. Yep, yep. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, like, let me see if I can find that one stage from the last match. You know, because yep. there's always one stage in a match where you did good. Yep, and then you know, I would show them, but I would never sit there and be like, "Oh, here's what I did there. Oh, look at that. Oh, I'm dropping my elbow here. I need to pick my elbow up and you know, analyze it, right? Mm-hmm. Because, um. Because, like I said, like I'm my own worst critic. Like I can find, I can show you a thousand things I did wrong on stage. Yep. And you'll say like, "Well, what did you write?" Like, oh, no idea. Yeah. It's just like with, the, with this list here. You're like, "Well, what are the good things you came up with?" I'm like, "We're supposed to come up with good things." Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that's so, that's a lot. Yeah, but yeah. I will say though that when I did start watching uh, match footage, and then uh, you know if you're at a uh, if you're at a match like with uh, with Adam and Adam puts his stuff on Instagram or Facebook or whatever. Um, Adam does like uh, analyses and stuff, but you also get to see his videos. So if you're if you shot that same stage and then you look at your performance, you're like, oh, that's the way he did it, and you know you can kind of compare yourself to guys that are better than you and and uh, um, guys that are worse than you, et cetera, et cetera. Like, okay, these are the things I did right and these are the things I did wrong. This is what I need to work on next time, and that goes back into what we we're talking about with dry fire and dedicated training. Mm-hmm. That was part of the reason I never did any dedicated training is because I <laughs> never analyzed myself. Yeah, you know, so. Like when I went to TPC class and Craig was like, "Hey, you suck at this. You need to work on that." I would do that for like six months. Uh-huh. <laughs> <laughs> you know? But now, what do I suck at? Yeah, yeah. exactly. Well, then the next time I went, you know, shot hard as hell. Uh, you know, Ken would be in our own a stage. He's like, "Hey, I noticed you're doing this," and then I would do that for six months. Mm-hmm. You know, so it was that kind of thing. It, oh, it took someone else to to tell me what it was I was doing. I I for feel me like uh, I. Th- I'm not sure if I would have known that that was your mindset at the time. I don't know that I would have been able to hold off messing with you and just been like, Dave, Oh, (laughs) and just like pick some like really weird esoteric thing and just see how long I can get you to practice. Like, yeah, whatever table pickup loads. I know. Well, you know, it's, it's kind of a weird thing with the, uh, the podcast because you know, like a lot of people know me better than, yeah, I know them. Mm -hmm. Also people know me period. And I don't know them. Right. Yeah. So, that's probably why I never mentioned that. <laughs> so that, so that actually, that's an interesting thing, which w- that's started happening to me quite a bit. Um, actually, since I started doing so, so for anybody who hasn't um, uh, watched it, basically what I do is after a match, I used to do this thing called match lessons, where I would like show a little clip of a stage, and I would do a little write up about um, why I did a thing the way that I did. We need or, to work on your editing, by the way. Yeah, yeah. Well, so here's the thing. So I used to write it, and I would just show a little clip of a stage, and it was like, and there would be a little description of like I entered this because of blah 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 blah. And then I, um, I don't remember where I saw it, but it was basically like a little video of like a, a Blake breakdown from a you know playing football or whatever the heck it was, and I was like, oh, I'd be way better to like talk through it and show. And mm-hmm. so now I basically just like record the screen on my own phone. Um, and just sort of talk through it. It's a really informal thing, but it's just like, hey, here's a little section of a stage. And it's a, it's about 50-50 of like, here's why I did a thing this way in 
um, and it worked out. Or here's a really dumb thing that I did to like the last match where I did the loading between the base thing, and it's like, hey, like really good shooters make really really dumb mistakes just to kind of like let everybody know that people screw up. Or hey, here's a spot where I got myself into a really bad trap, and this is how I got myself out of that trap. Um, where like I had a shotgun malfunction or I ran it dry and I had to quad load and why did I load in this spot versus that spot or whatever. So mm -hmm. I do a little short breakdown and, um, it's, it's been really interesting because uh, since I started doing those, I started having people come up to me at matches and be like, Oh, Hey, you're Adam Reiser. Like, thank you so much for doing those little stage breakdown things for all these people that I like absolutely do not oh, know. Yeah. And it's, um, it's, it's rad. So to all of you guys who have walked up to me in a match and said, thank you for doing one of those things. Like, I appreciate it from the bottom of my heart because it's, it's kind of one of those things where you're like, oh, I'm going to do this thing online that's probably going to make me look like an idiot to anybody who doesn't know. Yeah. But there might be some dude out here who like gets a real good takeaway from it and makes their match better. And that's, that's what I want to try to you know, provide to people as much as possible. Yeah, I think that's what uh, people are, are missing from the whole uh, social media thing. Like a lot of times it, it ends up becoming like the, uh, the look at me, look at me yep. rather than what kind of value can I provide? Mm -hmm. And that's what like the three gun show has always been about is giving people like an avenue to provide value to the community, you know? So it's not all about like my adventure across the United States. It's about like what, what story can we tell that would enhance someone's life mm -hmm. kind of thing. So yeah, I think those things that you do, those, um, those post-match breakdowns are helpful and no lie not to, you know, not just because you're sitting in front of me, but like watching those did help me like, okay, I'm going to break into the phone and look at some stuff and really awesome. uh, figure out what I'm doing. Yeah. I'm glad they did. I'm glad oh. they did. That was fantastic. Eh, don't get too full of yourself. Oh, okay. Okay. I'm sorry. <laughs> I'm sorry. <laughs> no, I'm kidding. But yeah, they did help. So. All right, Adam. Okay. Are we on five now? I think we're on one. Okay. Let's do it. You can't count at all. <laughs> that one was a joke. <laughs> <laughs> all right. Uh, the number one dumbest thing that I have done in three gun was wait so long to shoot open. Oh, right. So <clears throat> I am shooting open at this match. Uh, I've been I've been open curious for about two years now, and the reason that I hadn't done it previously is uh, mostly because there wasn't deep heat in most uh, matches in mm -hmm. open division. So there there are amazingly good open shooters. I mean, obviously, like, Jerry's an open shooter, Cody's an open shooter, Josh is an open shooter. Like, I mean, these guys are just absolute animals. But mm -hmm. it was really rare to go to a match and have, like, ten dudes in open who were all yeah. just soul crushers, right? And that's... Well, you started off with yeah. 400 flipping people intact. Yeah. Like, exactly. that's crazy. It's so crazy. But that's also gone. That's yeah. not going to happen again. No, that's not a thing anymore. So... Ever again. Yeah. It better Whoa, happen again. Crazy. I would. I would. I would go back to tack to shooting matches with four hundred people in tack for sure. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. You know what? Single division matches mm -hmm. would be. Uh, so uh, this is not my idea. James Gill yep. has been talking about this forever, but pardon me. Uh, ja um, James talks about doing an open. Mm -hmm. uh, everyone come. Yeah. We're all shooting open. Dude, we're all in the I, same division. I would go we in pile a up. second. I would go in a second. Um, but so this meant so I've I've been wanting to do this for a while, but previously there hasn't been a lot of depth, and that's what I want. Like I I always tell people I wanted to go shoot the match of my life and finish eighth. I yeah. want like that level yeah. of depth to be there. Where like breaking the top twenty is super hard. Like that's what I want. And so now 
there's a lot of depth in open. There's a lot of matches now where like the top ten is like, dude, all these guys are really legit. And uh, of course, eyes have started to go where I'm, <laughs> I'm starting to get to the point where at the end of a stage or at the end of a um, day, like if I shoot afternoon squad towards the end of the day, anything after about three, I kind of can't track sights anymore. Like I yeah. can see the fiber, but I can't really see sight alignment. So if I have like hard pistol shooting at the end of a day, I'm I'm really kind of in trouble. And so I shot um, uh, uh, the, gosh darn it, what was it? The Idaho, um, the uh, high desert championship. Yeah. Um, two weekends ago, and I was kind of playing around with the idea, and I've been talking to a couple people about it a little bit, and it. I was like, man, maybe I should do it. I have a CZ Shadow Two with a dot on it, so it's not open pistol, but we're shooting nine minor. Like it's not, it's not that bad. I don't think the comp is that much of an advantage. Um, I mean, it's it's obviously an advantage, but for right now, it'll be enough. And so I was like, I'm just gonna go to this next match maybe and just like dip my toe and shoot welfare open basically, like plus four <laughs> in the shotgun, dot on the pistol, bipod on the rifle, and you're done. And um, and then you don't uh, even have a 45 degree dot on your rifle, do I you? I don't know. Jeez. No. And um, so, <laughs> anyway, so open. I was good, I just made the decision to come to the match and and shoot open. And so right before I got in the car, I was like, all right, if I'm going to switch to open, I'm going to switch to open right now. I'm going to do it all at once. And so right before I got in the car, I brought up the Dissonant website, and I clicked buy on a shotgun that costs a lot of money. <laughs> nice. And, uh, and then I um, changed my registration from TAC to open and, uh, and drove on up here. And I was like, I'm just going to shoot you know, plus four in the shotgun, and it'll be fine. And then I started walking stages. And there are some heavy yeah. shotguns. There's like 30 round shotgun stages here where like the obvious open plan is open shotgun with the reload. Mm -hmm. And I went, oh, God, I just made a big mistake. So and I've, I've been uh, critical of the Wyoming Governor's match for not having enough shotgun in the past. Oh, so this is your fault. Yes. <laughs> okay. You're welcome. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> so, well, it, it, it happened to work out great. Definitely changes here. Because uh, Jeff Lambert's on our squad. And he said, hey, I have a dissident arm shotgun and a couple extra mags and another case of ammo. Do you want to shoot my, my shotgun? And so Jeff's local to you, is that right? Yeah, he's a Salt Lake guy. Okay. And, um, and I actually ran into him in um, uh, Shields like three days ago because they're both in there looking for shotgun ammo. <laughs> and it like, wasn't a thing. And he's like, oh, I got a pretty good stockpile. I'm just trying to stay ahead of it. But he's like, yeah, just shoot my stuff, whatever. You know, like. And um, so I've, I, uh, you know, first stage first gun was uh jeff's dissident and uh i think that was like the 10th round i'd like put a couple rounds through it just to make sure that like could shoot the thing and know what all the buttons do <laughs> and uh <laughs> yeah so i've been i've been shooting a borrowed shotgun uh slide ride red dot cz which i had four mags through prior to this match and every match is like hey jeff should we use a bag on this rooftop or what <laughs> what new open thing should we use and and it has been like this is the most fun I've had in match in like two years. I'm I'm so psyched because what it's done is it's put me back to the steep part of the learning curve where every yeah. single stage I learn like three new things. Mm -hmm. We're like, oh, if you're going to use a bipod, you got to loosen it up a bit because you're on the hood of a car and it's tilty and you need to just level it really fast, but it doesn't really have to be tight. Or if you're going onto a roof, you should use this thing. And the bag doesn't work in a tank trap if it's angled like this or like it's you know, it's been a couple of years since I've been at that place in, in three gun with tack where every match I'm, I'm, I'm always learning things, but they're not like 
big progressive right. steps. And yeah, man, it's 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 been so much fun, and I'm 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 so psyched to to change things up and shoot new gear and play with new toys, and I'm, it's awesome, man. It's so much fun. Nice. Well, and and novelty sparks like a different part of your brain, right? Mm-hmm. So doing something new and novel for me is exciting. It's why it, it's why I love shooting because there's like no end to what you can do as far as like different avenues or different veins in, in inside shooting. Yeah. Um, it's also why I like, um, you know, I'm really enjoying doing the YouTube thing cause it's new and novel and mm-hmm. completely different than the podcast part of stuff. So yeah, yeah for that's sure. cool. Uh, yeah. Open. Good. <laughs> well, and I got to say for anybody who has never ripped like 20 rounds out of an open shotgun across a big wedge of steel, man, you guys are missing. Yeah. Out. It's, uh, it's so much fun. And I've, I've been trying to take a, uh, as a Max says, shoot open angry so i've, <laughs> yeah. I've started off uh my my pre my breakfast song has been the decline by no effects and uh <laughs> so we've been we've been we've been starting off like not like angry angry but angsty i'd angsty? say We're, nice. i'm i'm, I'm You're not angsty qu- but not angry i'm 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 not quite to shoot open angry but i'm shooting angsty for sure nice yeah yeah I've, every time i've shot one of the uh the distant guns and i'm very fortunate to have gotten to uh, shoot a few of them um the feedback is always like shoot faster. Yeah. And like, I, I'll go like a pump pace and they're like, no, you got to no, shoot no, 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 faster, yeah, yeah. like faster than you can possibly think. And so well, the, the interesting thing that, that I'm running into with that. And like I said, like every single stage I'm learning new stuff. And the funny thing with putting a dot on a shotgun is it makes me want to aim it like a rifle. Yeah. And I want to put the dot on the thing. So that's in it. In it I forget that like, no, it's a shotgun. There's a pattern. I just have to be within whatever the pattern width is of yep. that target. Uh, Scott green was, yep. uh, tell me that he's like, don't put, he's like, you're putting the dot right in the middle of the target. Aren't you? I'm like, yeah. Mm-hmm. He's like, it's a five inch plate. Yeah. Dave. It's a five inch plate <laughs> with a 12 inch pattern. coming I, at I, it. Yeah. I know, but there's a red thing and it needs to go in the center. Come on, man. Exactly. So it's, it's interesting. It's like, um, because you know everyone's like, oh well, the the open shooters, blah 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 blah, and the gear is so much better, and they think that you can like you're gonna make that move to open, and it's just gonna be easier. Yeah. And the 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 thing that I'm finding in this match, and we're like day two, so I'm like eight stages into shooting <laughs> open right now, and the thing that I'm already learning is, man, Forrest has the biggest shooting grin on his face right now in the back. Well, it's like, <laughs> if you knew all the f- conversations that Forrest and I have had over yeah. the last couple well, of months. Well, we, and we had half this conversation while you were oh, out did you batteries, too. So. But the, the thing that I'm learning is um, the gear does make it easier. Yeah. For sure. Like, hard pistol shots of the dot, clearly way easier, right? Like, big wedges of open shotgun stuff way easier than a bunch of quad yeah. loads. The, th- the thing that, yeah, slugs, except my slugs don't really hit where his gun points, so there's... A, there, there's a little bit of a thing going on there. I got to figure out for tomorrow. Yeah, I got to tell you our slug plan. Okay, and um, but the 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 interesting thing is the gear is better. So how do you squeeze the performance out of the yeah. gear? Right, because that's not the thing. It's not oh well, this is faster than tack. Well, it should be faster than tack. It's you know that's kind of the point of it. Mm-hmm. It's how do you get as fast as the fast guys, right? And like Cody and Jerry are here. Those guys are squeaking every last bit of performance out of all of their gear for right. sure. And that's that's what I'm really looking forward to is learning, like, how aggressively can I shoot that shotgun? How aggressively can I shoot a pistol with a dot on it at little tiny plates that are far away? Um, you know, like, how fast can you move through 
uh, long range rifle stuff when you get a bipod instead of monoing up on a, oh my god dude, the bipod having a bipod on a rifle that has always bothered me so much every time I monopod off of a magazine I'm like guys we had sticks before we had guns can we not put the guns on the <laughs> sticks please <laughs> <laughs> so yeah I'm 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 so psyched, man. I'm I'm loving open. It's been awesome. All eight stages worth of it. <laughs> but we're not moving back. This is a, a track forward. Yeah. We're we're going in open. You know, a couple of years ago when uh Amax transitioned to open, we transitioned. I <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, Which, buddy. I, I actually need something completely different so now. I actually listened to the breaking open episode yeah. with Amax and Scott Green when I made the decision to do that. I listened to that out on the drive up. boy. And I was like, Yep. So in that was it that podcast where Amax said like it's a completely different game? Yeah, yeah. Because like, like it is right. Like it's, it's totally different. Stage like planning, stage different. planning changes, taking care of your gear, like yep. loading, loading stuff, having the whatever you put on your belt, that kind of stuff. Mm-hmm. And uh, that, yeah, yeah, yeah. Traveling, uh, traveling by air would be uh, another good one. Yep. Um, well, well, and the interesting thing is too, like the 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 making all of that different, like the stage planning intact. I know what my times are on like everything. I know how long gun transition takes. I know how long quad load takes. I know how long this takes. So I can look at an array and be like, okay, should I shoot shotgun here or should I shoot pistol here? Yeah. Should I shoot half and then do the transition? Should I load some? I know what all the times are and I know where it's going to come out. And the choice is really obvious to me. And open, I'm like, I don't know the answer to any of these things because all the times in the Because now you're learning again. Because now I'm learning again. And it's awesome. It's so awesome to learn That's again. Great. I'm psyched. Man. Ah, this is going to be expensive. Come to the dark side, Dave. Uh, <laughs> Come to the dark side. You know, obviously, eventually, I'll have to go to the dark side. Yeah. Um, but standing on in the light right now, <laughs> it's like, it's just like, yeah, yeah you're like, it's really it's dark over there. there. Yeah, for sure. But uh, anyway, so your slug plan, let's talk about your slug plan real quick. You don't know exactly where your slugs are hitting on uh, Jeff's gun. Yep. So, again, my recommendation Full mag of slugs, <laughs> pull that trigger to your ding, and, yep. and then go. I mean, that, well, that's pretty much what I did on um, stage six, yeah. five, five, yeah. stage five, because there was like 24 rounds of shotgun, which I lucked out, and I, you could get doubles and triples. Yep. And like, so that was one mag, and then I just reloaded to a slug mag. But tomorrow we have a stage that starts with three slugs and then immediately a bunch of steel afterwards. Yeah. So there's no place to do a reload. So, so my question is, how many slugs the, did I put for in For the there? record, I meant much faster than you actually did. Okay. Because yours was like listening for the ding. I said, pull the trigger until you hear a ding. Uh, so I expect like three in the so air three in the before air. the first one hits a ding. Okay. Um, hmm. So I kind of know where they hit. I figured out that they hit pretty high because yeah. I, I aimed – Bottom edge of the plate, and I got it right in the face. Yeah. So well, that was only on the second one. The first one, didn't you hit it like straight center? Um, no, no, no. First one was straight center. Second one, I held under the plate, and I got it in the neck. Uh. So that's like eighteen inches high at least at ah, fifty yards. There you go. Yeah. You know, I mean, so so this is the thing. At least I have a reference. I know it's like a kind of Kentucky wind just thing. Tomorrow, I think it's three slug targets, and I'm going to put at least six slugs in the gun. So we're just going to be making expensive noise if I get all three on the first shot. <laughs> but if right. you go home with slugs, did you really shoot a match? Dude, I've had it so many times where I've, I've like, plussed up a bunch of slugs and then shot, like, two or three carefully aimed shots and then burn like, yeah. four rounds out of the gun and three of them hit. And you're just like, I shot, like, 16 splits on that when yep. I was shooting 50s. I just... I gotta yeah. say though, uh, I don't know if it's because of open, but I think the slug targets are getting smaller. Like it used to be that we shot 
uh, either uh, full size dipsticks or we would shoot um, those big like uh, steel challenge guns. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But now we're shooting like BC zones. Yeah, these are like fifty yard BC like zones. Whiskey They're? Tango Foxtrot. Yeah, here, everybody like, come on. Just, just not everybody has a dot. Just coming open. While dude. while open has the heat. Not everybody has a dot. We got to go back to those bi- those big ass ones. I do have to say that raging across steel challenge plates with an open shotgun with slugs would be amazing. Yes. yes. Gong, 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 gong. <laughs> well, that was always my favorite at uh, Gen Three when they had the uh, the raft out in the middle of the pond, dude. And they had those big steel challenge things. Yeah. It's like you got to be nearby. Yes. When Jerry goes up. Yes. Because it's just like. It's so fast. It's like, uh, Jesus. I love that. Yeah. yeah. Shooting across the dock, uh, onto the dock was so sweet. Yeah. Is Parker all right? I don't know. He's uh, He's got a bone here. He's okay. uh, might have might have okay. choked on a little something, something. Oh, okay. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. All right. So welcome to the dark side, buddy. Yep. Um, all right. So my, my number one is uh, – I'm gonna com- I'm gonna combine two here into one because mm-hmm. they're definitely very related. So it's having a short term view of three gun, and like you personally or three gun as a whole. What do you mean by that? I mean, <laughs> let, let me ask a clarification <laughs> clarification <laughs> question <laughs> on your clarification. <laughs> finish finish your uh, finish your thing, and then and then I'll I'll ask. So uh, this is June twenty fifth. Sure. I'll take your word for it. That sounds yeah, so very this is, likely. This is June 26th. Thanks, Forrest. For, Forrest is our uh, – who's jo- Jamie? Forrest is our Jamie. Forrest, yeah. He's, for, he's back there Googling stuff. For, Forrest, looked that up. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks, buddy. Thanks. Well, I was I was a day off because you're two days older than me. Oh, so. yeah. Uh, it does make sense. We'll meet in the middle. Yep. Okay, so it's, so it's June 26th, right? Um, Black Friday, 2011 was my very first three-gun match. So I'm coming up on 10 years in the mm-hmm. game. OG. OG. Well, no, <laughs> not compared to the dudes we uh, dude. had lunch with today and we yeah. shot with today, right? Yep. But that's a long time. 10 years is a long time, right? That's a quarter mm-hmm. of my life. So when I say, like, short-term view of three-gun, it, it was like, um, what what is the next match? What is the next... Uh, the next thing I'm going to do. What is the next piece of gear I'm going to do? Rather than taking a step back and and thinking like, what do I ultimately want to do in three gun? Yep. And had I done that, I would probably think like, well, ultimately, I would like to shoot the best gear possible. You know, so instead of making like those incremental upgrades that I did along the way, mm-hmm. going f- um, like when I started, I started with uh, uh, tack gear. And when I say tack gear, I mean like Tactical. Tactical. Not, not three gun tact division. Correct. Tactical. Yep. So like I uh I carried a Glock seventeen, a- so I shot ang- a Glock seventeen. Angle four grip? No. Oh, good no. for you. Never no, those, went that <laughs> you those, never went that route. Those I I, I <laughs> You call yourself tactical Oh, Forrest is raising his hand back Forrest here. Had an he angle had, four grip? Angle oh my four God. grip. <laughs> I cannot stand angle four grips. The uh I so luckily I missed that one. Maybe yep. it was just because I couldn't afford it or whatever, but um, but I did start out with like a a tactical rifle with like mm-hmm. a front sight post. Um, I had a red dot on there. I had a flip up rear sight. You know, mil spec trigger. You know, Magpul Mo stock, Magpul Mo grip, and stuff like that. 
A2 flash hider, and then I I upgraded to a comp, but I didn't want to go gamey, so I got a <laughs> I got a battle comp, right? Which is the worst of all worlds, yeah. You know, yeah. And can't sell that thing for the life of me. No, I should stop calling it the worst of all worlds. But um, so that that kind of thing, and so then like uh, you know, my mag pouches. It's like, well, uh, you know, I don't want to get gamey things like ELS, so I'll use, like, my normal belt that I uh, conceal carry with, and then I'll get mag pouches for that, mm-hmm. which ended up being, like, you know, tech lock. Or not tech. Is it tech lock? Blade tech? Tech lock. Yeah. So uh, tech lock kind of things, right? So then when you finally upgrade to ELS, all those tech locks you have are garbage now. Mm-hmm. You know, and then all the mag pouches you had, uh, for your Glock, our garbage when you go to a 2011, you know, and then the only thing that you can really <laughs> do, keep. Do is you want a box of holsters? Because this is how you get a box of holsters. This is how you get a box of holsters. <laughs> I have a left-handed holster at home. <laughs> what? Long have sto- you noticed that you're right-handed? Long Dave? story. I <laughs> will meet a left-handed person. If you are left-handed and you have a Glock 17L, <laughs> email me david three gunshow dot com. I got something for you. Um, <laughs> But oh uh, my God. but yeah, so I went from Glock 17 to Glock 34. Um, I've I had like three different triggers in that thing. I've had a couple different sights on it. Um, it's it got worked over like it's the sickest Glock 34 mod uh, mod one firearms did a fucking sick ass job on it. Excuse my language, but uh, but that said, the 2011 platform is way better than the Glock to start with, right? Mm. So. Eventually, went to 2011 platform. So it, that's what I mean by taking like a short-term view. Is like, what is the next thing that's gonna gonna increase my game? What's the next thing? What's the little level up I can do? And I blame it on like you know PlayStation or uh, Metroid or whatever you know, where you you get the next cool gun or you get the oh I'm gonna get some sticky tires now. You know I won that race and I can you know mm-hmm. get, get the engine upgrade or whatever. So it's all those incremental things when got to look at like the package as a whole. So if you want to be in three gun, you want to be in long term. Right now, the heat is in uh, open, so look at, like, what you have now and, and think, like, okay, what is it going to take me to get to open to have, like, the ideal gear that I have? Figure out a savings plan. Figure out uh, things that you can uh, do along the way to make that happen and then make that happen. Mm-hmm. Also, short-term thinking would be um, back what we were talking about with the training plan. Had I set out with a legitimate training plan, looking at all my videos, end to end. See this all. You see how much time uh, all together. I like I like the circle of life you got. Circle of life. Every, yeah. Everything's connected, buddy. Mm-hmm. Um, all all those things were very short term thinking. Not uh, analyzing my video to figure out what I'm doing wrong to improve for the next one. Not creating like a whole training plan. Like all those things. If I had done those. Back in 2011, 2012, when I was super excited about this game and really getting into it, would 10 years later have like this big compound interest effect, and I would be much farther than where I currently am. Now, I'm not upset with any of the decisions I've made because those were the decisions I made at the time. I was a completely different person at the time. But knowing what I know now, and if you're listening to this and you want to get ahead and, uh, and, actually learn something from this podcast take a holistic large large long-term view do you want to be shooting three gun in 10 years is is three gun something you're going to be in for a couple seasons and then you're out what is your dedication to three gun what is your commitment to three gun is it something you just want to do on the weekends to shoot club matches 
does your range just have like a Black Friday match every year and that's the only one you shoot? All those levels of particip participation are fine, but figure out what you want to do and then drive everything toward that. I like it, man. I like it. I'm on board. Yeah. That's some that that's some quality advice. Thank you. Yeah. Thanks for coming up with the topic. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so I did a lot of thinking on that one. I took that one very serious and so That's a good one. Yeah. Hopefully uh I'm not very good I'm not very good at listening to uh other people's advice. Hopefully someone out there is good at listening to other people's advice and can learn from other people's mistakes because we definitely have made a lot um between the two of us in the time that we've been in three gun and uh you know there's all kinds of all kinds of time to to do better and everything but you can never get those 10 years back so mm -hmm. look at it before you uh before you dive no doubt that said there's got to be some things that we've done right in three gun i took no time to figure this out and write it down because i thought the assignment was all the things we did wrong but i know you've got uh some things that you did right in three guns so uh real quick bonus for the uh for the people Let's do a lightning yep. round. What are the uh, the <laughs> things you've done right in three? Okay, my my lightning round. Uh, thing I've done really well. My my smart list. I have a little note card here because there was enough things, and one side says smart, and one side says dumb. And I just thought that was really interesting. <laughs> but, anyways, uh, the smart thing basically the exact opposite of what you just finished with. Oh, so really? I saw it as like I get into things like all the way right yeah and i was like okay i'm gonna be in this thing like what am i gonna want and i just started looking and so i was like okay when i first started shooting i had a glock 23 so Ooh, the 40 ver 40 cal version of a glock 19 i used to have one of those or her uh, uh, fragile. yeah 930 jm pro because that's I what everyone yeah I don't, oh yeah <laughs> forrest just had a seizure and uh and like a colt whatever their like three gun rifle was that they first came out with oh, yeah. cuz mm -hmm. it was and then i shot limited with like a, a vortex like whatever the cheapest red dot was that vortex made which by the way i smashed three of those to death in dump barrels and they always <laughs> sent me a new one in like a week <laughs> hats off to those guys um and i shot that until i could afford the thing so oh yeah yeah, yeah. glock to 2011 uh, oh, Colt rifle yeah, okay. to JP rifle, red dot to razor. Um, see, I was just, I was doing yeah. that. I was just doing smaller steps. Yeah, so I could, I could see, <laughs> I could see the trap. Um, I did do an intermediate step on the shotgun because um, immediately, like the nine thirty, especially shooting matches like Iron Man, was like forty round shotgun stages. I mean, we were like completely stripping the shotgun and cleaning it between stages. No, in kidding. like Parma with like the gun destroying this dirt on earth. And so that's the one thing I did the intermediate step where I bought a Stoger M3000 that was done up by uh, MOA Precision. And I, I bought that and then shot that for a few years and then went Benelli M2. But for the most part, I did a really good job. Just like, this is the thing that I showed up with and I'm going to save until I can afford the next thing. And the way that I thought about it was which one of these things, if I upgrade, is going to move me up the most in the match. Oh, yeah. So yep. that's the way I did my upgrades, too, as far as, like, pistol, rifle, shotgun. Yep. So the very first uh, – so I had my Glock 17. Mm -hmm. um, the uh, 930. No, no, no. Actually, I had a pump shotgun. Yep. I had a uh, Mossberg 500 pump, and then I had my crap rifle, right? Yep. So the very first thing I did was went to the 930, mm -hmm. which is a massive upgrade over a pump shotgun, yes. believe it or not. Yes, it is. No, and I, can believe it. I had one of the first ones that came out that was in uh, the stores uh, right away, mm -hmm. and it, it ran. That thing ran for years. I know people with them that mm -hmm. are just run like a top. You know, 
most people that say they run like a top shoot one match a year. However, I have seen them. I've witnessed with okay. my own eyes a, a nine thirty running well through a whole match with a lot of shotgun shooting. It the, has happened. I've the reason it. I finally got rid of my uh, JM because, like, it got to the point where um, the thing was like mouthing all the time and would just jam. And I'm like, I got to get rid of this thing. Yeah. And then someone was like, uh, "Well, you should uh, check out that uh, uh, video of Jerry. He shows how to clean the mm-hmm. gas piston." And I was like, "Gas piston? Is it the what?" <laughs> <laughs> and so I did, and, and then it ran again. I'm like, I Shocker. guess I'm keeping it. Well, and, and this is the thing. It's like this this move to open. It's like, okay, what do I need to play in open? Well, how much of an advantage is it to go to a comp 2011 with a dot on it mm-hmm. over the CZ Shadow 2 that I already had? Yeah. A bit, for sure, and eventually I'm going to end up there. But, but you already had a CZ. The dot gets me in, but the shotgun is like the difference between – a uh, plus four in the Benelli and box fed shotgun is drastic. Yeah. And so it was like, okay, well I can either get, you know, there's, there's a few different box fed shotguns right now, but it's was like, no, 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 no. I'm just going to go straight to the nicest thing that dissident makes because everybody who's crushing mashes are shooting those. That's the obvious choice. Yep. Yeah. It costs a lot of money. Is it worth it? I'm going to be in this sport for another 10 years at least. So, yeah, it's See? worth it. So, Long-term just view. buy the thing. And uh, what is it? Amortization. If you yeah. break that out over a year, it's $500 a year for 10 years for a $5,000 shotgun. Worth every penny. That's a great point. That's a great point, man. Yeah. All right. Ne- All next right. one. What you got? Okay. Next one. This is supposed to be a speed round. Yeah, I know. Um, I talk too much. <laughs> uh, squatting with shooters who are way better than me. That was amazing like i used to squad with all my buddies all the time and mm-hmm. then when i started going to majors and i didn't have all my buddies there Did you i just say like, all your buddies are not good shooters is that what you just said well <laughs> <laughs> you're welcome okay next so on the list? <laughs> all of my all of my buddies who all started shooting at the same time as me so there was no smart person there to show us what we were doing wrong oh yeah yeah they that's classic. That's classic. I've been a part of that group uh-huh. as well. You got it's the like, whole squad full of people who yeah. all started in the same. We're month. all doing awesome. Yeah, we're it's all like, doing awesome. It's like uh, practicing karate with your stepbrother. Exactly. <laughs> exactly <laughs> right. So yeah, squatted with people way better than me. Uh, I always try to squat with basically the best shooters that I can get around because you always learn a ton. Um, uh, those are both the same thing. Uh, went to my first major match. That was a really smart move. Yeah. I'm really bummed I didn't do it for uh, the couple of years that I didn't. I had about a year and a half of club matches, and then uh, my buddy Eric finally talked us into going out to uh, MGM Ironman. Nice. That was, that was a rough first major. But, th- I mean, the amount of learning that took place in, like, three days at that match compared was equal to the year and a half of shooting club matches before then. I so, totally agree. That's a yeah. good one. Um, the first class that I took... So when the Tactical Ooh, Performance yeah. Center started doing three-gun classes, um, I was in the very first class, and the the amount of learning that I, and it is the same thing. It's like the amount of knowledge that I got in that class with Brian and Andy and Craig uh, the, uh, eclipsed everything that I knew up until that point, where I had a little bit, and I could kind of play, and I was kind of fast, but the amount of stuff that I took home from that class was just complete game changer. Nice. I was in the second one, by the way. Were you? Yeah. Oh, man. <laughs> just, just long enough after you were in there to hear the story about 
Craig grabbing you by the shoulders <laughs> and be like, <laughs> like, boy, slow down. Slow down. <laughs> I think I'm the only person who's told to slow down. <laughs> yeah, um, probably. And then, uh, and then my number one smartest thing was uh, started teaching people. Um, not only do I, I, I love teaching people. I absolutely love teaching people, whether it's climbing or biking or shooting or yeah. whatever it is. I love doing it. I do a, um, uh, I, I, I don't teach down at TPC as much anymore because now my job doesn't allow me to like take four days off in the middle of the week and like quote unquote represent the company while I'm teaching. Not, <laughs> so now I have to take time off and it's kind of a bummer. But um, so I still do a bunch of teaching uh, locally, like private classes. I do a couple of group classes. And then uh, in the off season, I do uh, once a month on a Thursday, we do free three gun clinics at the armory where I'll just first 10 people to show up are free and then we cap it there so it keeps it a nice small group and we'll just kind of pull everybody really quick and see what we want to work on we might work on quad loading or movement or position entry or you know whatever it is um and uh, you know that i don't get anything for it but high fives but it's 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 fantastic to teach people and and as much as i love giving that knowledge to other people it's also uh, a bit of a selfish endeavor because mm-hmm. i learn so much teaching people um, and especially when you're just, um, sort of like reiterating things that you've been doing for so long that you've, it, you can kind of start to forget the why behind it. Oh yeah. And it, it teaching other people, the craft that you know, makes you better at your craft in whatever you're 100%. doing. hundred percent. Yeah. hundred percent. I, so I love that. First of all, like teaching is something that, um, I'm, I really enjoy too. Is one of the reasons we do, we do the podcast, right? Mm-hmm. I love imparting knowledge. Um, and I was reminded of this in uh, my last job. The uh, uh, so I, I was in marketing, and we had a uh, uh, e-commerce guy, and he was he's like you know a hunter, he's a firearms enthusiast, but he's not an AR-15 guy. And so you'd ask stuff like, "What's the difference between a mid-length and a rifle-length gas system?" And so you have to go over the whiteboard and explain mm-hmm. it and show it to him, and like articulating. A topic to someone makes you yourself understand it much more, or it makes you like suss out like, well, why do I think this way? Why do, why do I think a rifle length is is better than a mid length, and you know that that sort of thing. So, uh, I really, yeah, I really enjoy that that part of learning, which is like actually teaching. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I dig that a lot. Nice. That, that's my uh, that's my smart list. Those are all the smart things I've ever done. <laughs> 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 Didn't even mention his wife, people. Rookie, <laughs> rookie All over the here. smart Come things on, that man. I have done. Dude, she's literally calling right now. She must have sensed the it. The phone just rang. <laughs> I swear to God, the phone just rang. Um, oh, my God. <laughs> I'm going to say those are the smart things that I have done in shooting. In shooting. Sir. Okay, got it, got it. Okay. Outside of got that, I've that. done way smarter things. Gotcha. <laughs> like marrying her. Awesome. Yeah. Good, she, good she won't up. listen to this anyway. Good follow up, just care. in case. Yeah. Just in case. Just in case. Well, awesome, Adam. I do appreciate you uh, you sharing your uh, your your good things and your bad things with a three gun show audience. Always a pleasure to have you on the show. There you go. Four Thanks dumbest things we've done in three gun. Four dumbest things we've done. And dude, Some I appreciate you bringing the show back. I'm. I'm so stoked. I'm psyched. I'm so psyched to come back. That means a lot, dude. It does. Uh, you know, with a podcast, like, the uh, the feedback isn't really uh, ever um, immediate. So, 
you, you kind of get like, well, is anybody listening? You know, like I can see the numbers, but they're just numbers. Mm-hmm. You know, so when uh, like uh, your buddy Jeff was talking about the podcast, he's like, you know, you're ever going to do that again? I'm like, dude, guess what? Here we go. And uh, and you yourself and uh, the several other people that have come up to me at the, at the match, it, it does uh, – the encouragement does matter. So if, you know, if you ever think like, oh, oh, hey, there's David. I don't know if I should talk to him. Come talk to me. It's great. I appreciate it. I appreciate you guys listening. We're back. We're going to keep going and uh, keep listening. We got more good stuff. Adam, thanks for being here, man. You bet, man. Thank you. So there you go. The top four dumbest things that Adam Reiser and I have done in Three Gun. Hope you enjoyed this episode of the Three Gun Show. As always, tell a friend if you uh, if you enjoyed this. And uh, Three Gun's back. Uh, we had a, a big pause last year, and there's uh, only a couple matches. But Three Gun is absolutely back. The Three Gun Show is back. And uh, follow us here on the show. Thanks for listening, everybody. We'll see you on the range. You you have a, a dumb list too, right? Uh, I have a dumb list only because okay. uh, we were going to do the the dumbest things we've done in three guns. Yeah. So I only wrote dumb things. And we got three. And then that's what I have. Three dumbest. Okay. Yeah. Solid. And then uh, I don't have any smart things because I haven't done anything smart yet. <laughs> so. <laughs> Fantastic. Yeah. Fantastic.